What's going on? Welcome to Totally Blitz Podcast. We're breaking down UFC Fight Night Vegas 68. Derek Lewis versus Sergey Spivak and everything in between. Shout out my Asian homeboys. Shout out the people from the East. Shout out all them boys that was up late watching this fight because we were definitely watching our homegrown talent. These is Paul, pick on Wyndham, Concha, and I'm drawing ball. Bro, that was the funniest shit I've ever seen. My boys said, shout out the boys from the team. <laughs> hey, I've been telling people all week that we be having, like, random-ass fans. Like, sometimes we be having to go check the on Google Translate to see what people are saying in the live I have to see sometimes. where our fans come from because they'll tell us what country. And I'll be sitting there like, damn, these motherfuckers from Romania? These motherfuckers from, like, I got motherfuckers in the Ukraine-Russia fucking war zone tapping in. Like, jeez. Jeez. That boy's fine, man. But I'm not going to lie to you, man. It's your boy, Kev. Waterboy, Savoy, the Street Fighter Enthusiast, a.k.a. the Dom P.Y.E. That's all you needed to see. But, like, I'm mad I didn't go to sleep for this card. Don't get me wrong. I heard the prelim was dumb fine, but I was doing homework, so I ain't really keeping prelim like that. But... Bro, they had us up at 3 a.m. and I'm like, bro, you only land, you don't, Derek, was you did what? Shoot. No, I black. was up late too. I was in that. We, I think you was in that bitch too. The Twitter group chat with the US. Yeah, we was up at three in the morning fighting demons to stay up for this fight. And but I will say, shout out Knuckles or shout out MMA Oddball. One of them said like, the Europeans do this every week, so this was just a mental test on to put myself under their like, how they feel. And I was like, once he said that, I was like, damn. This is the pacer test. I ain't tapping out. Nah, no cap. I'm not gonna lie to you. I was a big twenty, do my twenty pacers and I'm out. You feel me? Like it would be different if there were more finishes on the main card. I mean, there was Fugit fucked homie up, but like, oh man, every I don't know. I mean, it wasn't a bad card, but I'm just like, come on, bro. You couldn't just fix the time once you change it to Vegas. You know they're not showing up in our ESPN yeah. right now. Cav a main a main card maniac. I will say on the main card there was only like what two finishes and one was Spivak and one was the, the Fugit elbows. But like on the, the prelims, everything was a finish except for one fight. So like it was very exciting early. I respect it. That's my fault. I should have watched the prelims. I was doing homework though. I would not. I had to focus. Well, before, before we get into the main card, I'm going to shout out my prelim warriors and give y'all the breakdown. If y'all didn't know these guys and y'all are just in UFC MMA casuals or whatever you want to call yourselves, like, I'm going to give you the breakdown on the first couple fights on this card. Tatsuro Tayara gets the triangle choke armbar over Jesus Aguilar in the first round, first fight. I told y'all, like, Tatsuro Tayara is a legitimate prospect. He started at 16-year-old in Japan. He's now he's 13 and 0 undefeated and he's made everything look so simple. And especially in the BJJ area, Jesus Aguilar coming out of Mexico on off the Dana White contender series. This motherfucker is a spider monkey worth of BJJ. Like he, once he gets your leg, once he gets your arm, once he gets your fucking neck, like once he grabs a hold of you, cause he's short, he's a small size for his weight class. Once he grabs whatever spot that he grabs, He's not giving up. He's like a Paul Craig. Like, oh, I got you. All right. Now everything in my wheel wheelhouse is like, I got your leg. Now, fuck, you're punching me in the face. I don't give a fuck. I'm going to do what I can do to tap you out. 
Hayes, uh, fucking Tatsuo Tyar manhandled him in every position on the uh, off the top position, and then easily set up the triangle. Easily got the choke, won that fight, and then we got Joaquin Park getting the submission over Taluan. I'm not shocked here. It was a rear naked choke. Rear naked chokes, in my opinion, is one of the you don't need much skill to get a rear naked choke. You just have to be in the right position, right time. Someone gives up their back sometimes, and that's what happened here. Taluan's just a, a power puncher. He couldn't get his power punches off. Park got into the ground game early. Once he he's just not used to the ground game. So once his back was given up, Park got it, choked him out. The next fight was what I thought was interesting because it was Park versus Choi. Park won by submission in the third round. But Choi is a Korean zombie uh, prodigy. Korean zombie is his mentor. Choi lost. But he was in the corner. He was there. And Choi definitely in the first round showed, like, first round, he I think he won the first round pretty Everyone thought he won the first round. Second round, you can see Park coming back. Third round, Park definitely started showcasing why he's the better fighter. And he won it. But, like, I think Choi showed enough to at least get a contract. I'm not Dan and White. I can't force him to give Choi a contract. But he also does have Korean Zombie in his corner. Maybe he'll get it. I kind of fucked Choi after this fight. He's only 6-2. and two. It's not like he's, like, a, a lot of losses. And then the next fight was... Nakamura again, the first round KO in 33 seconds over Kazama. Kazama said coming into this fight, it's either I win or I retire. If I lose this fight, I give up on MMA. Nakamura knocked his ass out in 33 seconds. And that's not to downplay Kazama. Kazama's a legitimate dog. He's a good fighter. But like Nakamura was on the Olympic Japanese team. And we didn't see him shoot for one takedown. Like this man is legitimately like he has the hands like he he was like almost Justin Gaethje s where like he's a he's gonna be a highlight reel for his first three years because like he might get some good matchups for his first three years before he gets a legitimate top guy and he's only seven and oh he's still young and he's gonna be like this watch Nakamura do not do not forget that name I respect it I respect it hey fun fact though I seen you know Justin Gaethje only fought like top ten fighters this whole time in the league in um UFC. I believe it. There's a, someone showed a picture of like Michael Chandler since Michael Chandler joined the UFC because Habib was the champion. Number two was Tony Ferguson. Michael Chandler fought him. Number three was Con- uh, Conor McGregor, I think, and he's gonna fight Conor McGregor off the tough. And number four was Dustin Poirier. He's fought Dustin Poirier. Number five was Charles Oliveira. He's fought Charles Oliveira. Number six was Gaethje. He fought Gaethje. Number seven was, like, literally everyone that was in that top ten picture, he's fought since he's joined the UFC. And as Dan Hooker was at number seven. He fought Dan Hooker. And it's just like, damn. Like, maybe we have to respect, like, yeah, Michael Chandler may be only two and three. But we might have to respect that two and three because he literally fought everyone that was in the top seven when he joined it. UFC. Yeah, I respect it. But he, he might fuck up Connor, but we'll talk about that later today. But let's keep talking this card. Yeah. Means- Before, I thought I'm going to throw it to Kev for the main card. Before I'm going to wrap up the prelims. We had Lee versus Yi, and everyone thought Yi would have won, but Lee ended up getting the split decision. I'm not going to get into that because the next fight I think is a lot more exciting. We had a finish. Jubilee. Second round KO. Elbows. 
to that boy, Sarah Gee. This was literally a pick em, minus 110, plus 110 odds. Jubilee is an Indian fighter. There is oh, not any there's not many Indian fighters. I think he's one of a couple. Like maybe he may be one of three in the UFC or just MMA in general. Kev, there's a billion Indian motherfuckers. All right. And on this planet, there's a billion yeah. of these uh, of Indian ethnic people. Wait, time out. Isn't there a billion that just stay in India? That yeah, so that. there's there's a like 1.5 billion Indian. All right, so maybe like this is a big, significant cultural part of the world. Oh, none of them have a, none of them have a BJJ black belt. I'm gonna leave that there, bro. A 1.5 billion Indians in India, none of them have a BJJ black belt. What does bro have? He uh, he don't have one either, but he, like that that's the point now. Like why there's not a many of them? Like they were bringing him in for this fight, and they were, were talking about that, and they were just like, "There's not a single person with a black belt, a BJJ in India," and he's hoping to bring like there's no one, no one is in India that's training kickboxing. No one's in India that's doing Muay Thai. Like they're like he's literally a math teacher in India. Like, I didn't make that up. I didn't make jokes in the group chat for that. When I said he's a math teacher of India, I was being 100% authentic. Like, he literally teaches math in India, and he is now a UFC fighter. So, like, uh, shout out my boy Jubilee. Shout out, like, I am 7-0. I'm on Jubilee season. Like, I'm 100% for that. His his corner is speaking Punjabi. Uh, Jasmine doesn't. Jasmine and her family doesn't speak Punjabi. They speak Jagarki. But, like, it is very, like, you could kind of tell some words from that from that area just because it's very similar. So like I any any Indian fighter, I'm giving I'm giving my respect towards. So like shout out my boy Jubilee, seven and zero now. Hopefully to bring light of UFC MMA fighting to India. And like I said, bro, like there's 1.5 billion of these people, and none of them have a BJJ black belt. Like and that is like I won't say the minimum, but like. That is like a big like you're telling me right now that like Damian Maya could go to India and just like toss all of them. Like, like Damian Maya is like 45 years old, but I could send him over there and he's just gonna rule the country. That's insane. And what makes me think about it like, what if, like, what if they spend the next 10 years training in remain India? Like, what motherfuckers that come out for that motherfucker? Like. That, yeah, like they yeah. know the struggle. They be they have also like a religion based. Like we saw what Russia did. They're very religious based. Like the Muslims coming out of UFC, religious based and are very disciplined. And India is very religious based. And the only thing they need to start adding is some martial arts, and they can be very disciplined. And like they can really be. I'm not saying they're the next great ones, but like they have the makings of being like a very tough area in the world that they really start putting their mind to it that's scary oh i can't wait to see how that turns out but shout out that boy jubilee i'm rooting for i'm glad i appreciate you letting me know this yeah this is in the group chat we've been going ahead for them um so let's get into the main events now main card ken oshita versus fugit one of the three americans on the card was fugit fugit getting the elbow to win in the first round dropping bows he was like a two to one underdog plus two fifty. I think his odds. Underdog, big elbows underdog. like that. Elbows like that. That's why, like, 
this was another guy I didn't bet on, but I was so mad because I was I knew the name. Like you know, when you, now at this point in the UFC, you start seeing names a lot, and I was like, "Well, damn! Like he's a like a two to one underdog, and I've at least seen his name on some cards like three to four or five times already. Like he's no slouch for these Asian Pacific folk that are coming in that are trying to make a name for themselves. Like they've never fought out of their country. Like Bugit's at least like a, a nine and three. Like he's not like fucking." Six and six, like all right, he's nine and three, like he beat the people he's had to beat. So, like, good win for my boy, dropping the bows, getting a big underdog win, and ruining the day for one of the big Pacific fighters because Kenoshita was a big deal coming from Japan, and uh, Lego America, you know what I mean? Like, hey, nice. And nice. I'm not being racist or nothing, bro. I'm just being nationalistic. Nah, he hit that boy. Tough. Like, I mean, it, I thought he was going to get a sub, like the way he was just on top of me, he was kind of rolling around real quick. And then once he saw those elbows, he was just owning him. Uh, Every position, yeah. owning him. Yeah, I thought the sub was coming. I thought the rear naked choke was there. I'm guessing the neck wasn't there, but the, the temple was. And it was the precision. Like, he hit, I don't think any elbow that he threw in that flurry missed. Like, it just was crazy. I'm just like, okay, I'm writing his name down because he going he to. He likes to get comfortable in positions and then find ways to fuck you up. That's a sign of a dangerous motherfucker. And then we had the draw in the fourth fight between Choi and Kevin Nelson. And it was all because that weird headbutt and the that while Choi was on top, he had Kevin Nelson on the bottom position. And he it looked like they're trying to pull each other closer. But then there was a headbutt and, and then Mark, I wasn't Mark Goddard. Who was I can't remember what rapper was, but he he pulled him up. He didn't give Choi the position, which was weird to everybody. Like, okay, you're gonna give you're gonna take a point away for the headbutt. All right, first off, that's weird as fuck. I ran a poll, 80 people voted, 90 something percent said that they wouldn't have deducted the point. It would have just been a warning. Ten per, like less than 10 percent said, yeah, a point deduction is it, it was warranted. And I would also say. Arguably, half of that ten percent probably had bets on it, so that's why they're they they said that. So like it, like as a me my opinion, I don't think a point was warranted. It should have been just a warning. But okay, you 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 draw them up. You take time off the clock. You have you have the refs look into it. All that shit. You take a point. Choi should have been put back into the position he was at, which was the top position on the mount. Instead, they just continue on stand-up, which was, to me, the biggest, like, hey, I think the headbutt did more damage than Choi. I mean, I think the ref did more damage than Choi did the headbutt. Deadass. The I mean, fact that he made him start from the stand-up position again. Uh, yeah, I'm not going to lie, though. I didn't want to interrupt you, but it's Kyle Nelson. Oh, like, Kyle Nelson. Like, I said Kevin. I, like, my bad. Yeah, I knew it was a I looked at this and I was like, but name is Kevin? I was like, I know I was Canadian if I didn't notice that shit. But he's a Canadian, bro. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> it's really it's really keel. It's keel yeah. out there. But, it's keel. but I I mean, shout out Choi. Bro has what they said he had a three-year layoff. And I'm just looking like, oh, this motherfucker might know something. But I'm like, you know, I'm a firm believer, you don't get better at something by not doing it. But he came out tough, he came out rugged. I'm looking at the stats right now, but he had motherfucking – he landed 79 total strikes, 79 out of 114, 50 significant strikes. 
11 to the head, 23 to the body, 16 to the legs. Like, he was staying active, and I fucked with that. And I would, not only would I have not called that headbutt, but I think that was just crazy, because, like, he didn't, I feel like what they did wasn't headbutts. Like, his, he hit his head on him, but, like, that was not accidental. Yeah, accidental headbutts happen all the time. And, like, even, like, and it was late, the whistle. Like, it wasn't even automatic. It was like a, he thought about it and said, ah, fuck it. That and and then even like the that's why my biggest issue with it is like you took away that point now Choi's not gonna win and then on top of it you have it all starting back at the stand up position like if you would at least put Choi to end those last two minutes on top he probably would have did damage he probably would have maybe won the fight but not nah, it's gonna end in a draw on paper we'll always know it's a draw and. Just remember that for next Choi fight and next Nelson fight. I will say that because this will be something that people forget. But only look at the record books. Oh, it's a draw. Just don't forget this fight ended in a draw. But in reality, Choi was winning and Nelson was not. And then our next fight was Tybora versus Ivanov. And Tybora got a unanimous decision. I was shocked this fight went 15 minutes. These are two big boys. And I will say Tybora did what he had to. He took him down, controlled him. He mixed it up with the body shots and the leg kicks. And I, he's never going to be anything in the heavyweights, but he at least beat Iv- Ivanov. Because Ivanov, I thought, was going to KO him. Because Tyboro can't get hit with some shots. And I thought Ivanov was going to hit some like some heavy shots early, drop him. But the fact that Tyboro knew that, like, okay, I got to take this to the ground. I got to mix up my work. It shows Tybura, at least on the stands, if he wants to stay in the middle of the pack of heavyweight, he has to at least be something. But in reality, this fight didn't do nothing for me. Like, the Tybura is never going to be nothing. I mean, I went to go take a shot on this fight. I was like, I watched it, and I was like, bro, you tell me it'll take more than three minutes to handle this fight? That's crazy. But anytime I look at these big dudes, I'd be like, y'all are supposed to fight Cyril Gunn? Like, anytime I'd be sitting there thinking, like, y'all? Yeah, like you just look at. I'm not saying like they they didn't do nothing for me. Like like the end of the day, y'all are not gonna do shit in this division. And then our light heavyweight co-main event, we saw Devin Clark, the second American on the card, get the dub over Jung. Jung was a big favorite. Clark was a two to one underdog. Clark wins a unanimous decision. All three, every judge gave him all three rounds, thirty twenty seven. And I think I gave him all three rounds. Like, there was – the first round was close. Second round was a little bit more Clark favored, but it was still close. But, like, Clark had a game plan of, like, I'm going to out-wrestle you. I'm gonna, Once I get wrestling position, I'm going to do damage. Not, like, a lot of damage, but I'm going to at least throw strikes from the top position. And that's what I felt like he did. Like, he, like yes, Jung had position as well. Did he throw strikes from the position? No. Did Clark throw strikes when he was in position? Yes. So that's why uh, I just won all three rounds. Like, we start, we all complain about UFC refing, but it's all starting to make sense. Like, you can't sit here and be shocked if your guy out controls somebody for 15 minutes, but he doesn't throw any strikes. Nobody's shocked if he loses anymore. Why? Because we've all realized, okay, once you get position, you got to do damn. And that's what I think this fight showcased. Like, once Clark was getting his positions, he was doing damage. And my, was he doing fucking, fucking, like, 
catastrophic damage and like about to KO him? No. But did he do damage? Yes. He fucking was, he, he hit a shot here and there throughout the time he was on top. And that's all that the refs are probably looking for nowadays. And now I don't feel bad for like the, like Tiala Santos. And I still think she was robbed. But now I can see why refs were saying what they were saying. Like, okay, yeah, you got position, but you didn't throw a single strike once you got position. I'm not looking for you to knock him out once you get position. I'm just looking for you to at least throw a couple shots while you got position. And that's what I saw from Clark. And did he did he showcase he's going to be a world beater and it's time to not count out Devin Clark's American wrestling? Fuck no. But he did show me that, like, the new age of UFC refing. okay, once you get position, just throw a couple strikes. You Do you have to knock him out and do a fucking KO damage work? No. But just throw strikes. Keep them, keep them engaged, and then you can win every round while you're wrestling. I can respect that. That's a, that was a great breakdown. But I'm giving it to the fact that first off, I fuck with Devin Clark. He was taking him to the sky with his takedowns. I mean, he was Timber. As 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 an American wrestler, Kevin, like how big of a deal is it when you see someone go to the sky? Because we we see takedowns all the time. We do see sky takedowns here and there. But, like, in wrestling, how big of a deal is it when someone his feet is off the ground? Yeah, that's kind of like, yo, but there's no way to reverse that. Like, you, you can score him, but you look kind of stupid. And as long as you don't, as long as I don't fucking pile drive your ass into the floor, everything is legal. I've seen a lot of people break their fingers um, getting dropped on this shit. But um, that shit was fun to watch. Cause like you said, he did not, do I think he's going to be able to go to Russia and start telling him? Start calling people bitches yeah. in, in Swahili. Start calling no. people bitches. <laughs> Start calling in, in Swahili, like you know. But motherfucking, he did. He showed that, like, yo, I'm a stronger dude. My technique is better. My form's better. I will pick you up and take you to the sky. And that, every time I looked up, that's all I saw. I swear, every time I would look up from um, my homework, I'd be like, damn, this motherfucker really has him in the sky again. Three year t- layoff, like you could tell. That shit real, but it wasn't that bad. It wasn't that bad of a co- main event. I mean, it was a straight main co co main. Yeah, but yeah, I, I, I'm trying to hype up these fights, but all of them were just, eh. Like to be honest, to be reality, like a lot of us were staying up in the morning for this fight right here. Derek Lewis versus Sergey Spivak. Spivak gets the arm triangle in the first round, three minutes into it. But the biggest thing here, Kev, I'm not gonna go deep into it. I want you to talk more of it. Is Derek Lewis throws only three punches, three total strikes. He lands none of them, over three, and he loses. And he not only did he lose, but like he got manhandled. I was not. His fight was terrible. I'm not gonna lie to you. Terrible in the sense it's like, damn, like what was the game plan coming into this? Because you could just see on his frustration on his face that he was mad that he lost. And I was like. What did you do to win? Did you just lose a bunch of weight? Like, what the fuck were you going through? This yeah, did you just run on the treadmill for, like, weeks? <laughs> like, like, what did you do? But, I mean, the best way to explain this fight was that Pavlovich, not Pavlovich, what's his name? Spivak. Spivak, motherfucking, stayed active. He saw, like, he took him down, saw that he was fucking up on the feet. He was going for all his subs. And then I knew off rip it was over because when he hit he off rip got I want to say within the first ten to fifteen seconds Spivak got a head locked in a head and on throw and threw this motherfucking Derek Lewis and I was like oh 
this fight is not going to so, be long. Divock was six of eight on takedowns. And, like, I was trying to say it, and I was saying it in a jokingly manner, but, like, when I see the numbers, it probably was worse. But I was saying in the time, like, yo, he's manhandling Derek Lewis like he did Greg Hardy. Because when we yeah. saw the Greg Hardy fight, it was literally like he gets back up to his feet for like a split second, and then Speedball is like, bitch, the fuck down. And then he brings his ass back down and starts, man. And that's what Speedball was doing to Derek Lewis. Like, every time Lewis would kind of get a little bit back to his, like, like all right, all right, fuck. I, I battled through all that to get back to my feet. And we stand up. And then the moment he stands up, Speedball hits him with, like, a trip. Fucking brings him back down. It was like, all right, bitch. Like I'm back on top. Like and I was like, damn. Like six of eight takedown. He like he was like top of his game. And I think this is the perfect example of like Derek Lewis is over the hill. Derek Lewis is not only just a gatekeeper. It's time to look back at the Ty Du Vasa win. Ty Du Vasa skyrocketed to the top three fighter. Even though it's look back at it now, like he beat only person he really beat that was good on his resume was Derek Lewis. Derek Lewis. Th- now we know Derek Lewis is not that guy. So like it's time to look back at all those people that moved up in position beating Derek Lewis. It's time to look back at those wins because this is not the same Derek Lewis that has been a great heavyweight. Derek Lewis, I'm not saying he's here just for the, the money and here for all that. But the fact that Spivak, who I never thought would be a top five heavyweight, it literally did that Derek Lewis. It it is it is it is uh it is very crazy. Like I can't sit here and accept, not that I say I can't accept it, but like now I have to say Speedbox top five. I have to say Speedbox up there with the Zero Gons, John Jones, and Tom Aspinall, Sergey Pavlovich. But do I think Speedbox beats any of them? No. But the fact that he beat Derek Lewis, I have to put him into that same convo, and. I just think Derek Lewis is done. He's not going to retire. And Dana White said that that's his guy. He's not going to, like, force him out of the UFC. So we may be forced to see some Derek Lewis co-main events, main events on some Apex cards for the time being. But, like, he's done. Oh, another big heavyweight was Curtis Blade. Like, those are the five to six heavyweights that I think even matter at this point. And, like, Derek Lewis, uh, Volkov, and some of the other names that were, like, the gatekeepers before, they're toast. They're done. Like, this is the new age. This is over. That's over with now. So, yeah, I agree. I agree completely. I mean, DC DC has the great take on it. I mean, he said he doesn't know where on Derek Derek Lewis's heart is. And he's just sitting there, like, he doesn't know. He said, when it's time, it's time you should know. Derek Lewis and him are actually cool for real. Took it to heart. So DC was like, bro, you got fucking demolished. You got embarrassed. Like, it wasn't even close. Like, put them the things up. You threw, you, you threw three total strikes, and none of them landed. Yeah, and we the same people that screaming for Tony Ferguson, though. Like, go ahead and pack that thing up, man. Hey, bro, like, if this was a street fight, and you threw three punches and none of them landed, <laughs> we are clowning you. <laughs> We are clowning you for to the day you die. Like we're like, yo, bro, like you can't fight. Like shut the fuck up, bro. Like we saw you try to fight. We saw you throw like you you, you throwing them. You know what I mean? All right, like the, the person that throws three and none lands. It's just the fact none landed. Like if one of them would have landed, maybe we could talk a little different. But like the fact that you threw, you tried. 
There was a moment where you tried for three punches and you couldn't land any of them. It's like your time is done, Derek. And your well, last was- fight was like you got KO'd in a minute and a half by Fogovich and then tied to Avasa KO'd you in two rounds. Like it's yeah, over. It's about- yeah, it's about that time to go ahead and pack that thing up. But you had a great career. He has the highest um knockouts ever. So like, bro, enjoy your shit. Wow, get the fuck up out of there. I said it in the group chat. I said it in the group chat. Derek Lewis is one fight away from being a bouncer at a Houston strip club. <laughs> this may have been, I think, hey, bro, like, this may be the fight. Because, like, you're not striking fear in anybody in UFC. But you can definitely strike fear in somebody who's who, who's trying to get a little handsy with some strippers in Houston. Yeah, Definitely. Hey, Lewis, come here. Imagine big old 6'4", Derrick Lewis coming up, telling you you got to leave this section in the third club, bro. You ain't, you ain't, you ain't. I ain't saying no. I'm, I'm like, you, I wanted to go home anyway. Niggas talking shit, but I came in this bitch with Spivak. <laughs> oh, yeah, no, no. If I know you, Derrick Lewis, I ain't talking <laughs> shit. I'm like, you start calling up, I'm be like, oh, for real? Curtis Blades. Curtis Blades. <laughs> That nigga gonna try. That nigga gonna hold the fuck out of me one week. I'm like, all right, I'll be back. Don't come back. Don't come back until I get that boy Spivak. I'll get from um, where, where that boy from? Russia. Get that boy. Um, I'm gonna look at Derry Lewis in the space. I'm gonna hit him with a bluff. I'm gonna hit him with a bluff of a lifetime. I'm gonna be like, I'm a black belt on BJJ. Do you really want to do this, bitch? You go look at you. That's what. That's what. That's what blah 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 said. And you got, right. Nah, see, Derrick Lewis gonna look at the guy that called him over and is like, "There's some sec, there's some problems in the section over there." I'll be back. <laughs> I told him, I told him, bro, like you don't want this Spivak. Like my last name, is, my my name is Paul Spivak. I don't think you really want this right now. Hey, I respect you, man. But awesome, brief shit. I didn't watch none of the fucking cards, but I want to ask this a question for a minute. So, did you what? Did you see the Bellator card at all? I watched. I didn't watch the. I so I watched the first two fights of the Bellator card because I had nothing to do, and one of them was like an absolute robbery, and then I just kind of like was like I was like, it, literally it wasn't just a robbery, Kev. One of the judges wasn't there yet, so they what? only had two judges. That's what I'm telling you. When you watch Bellator, like that shit was such like a Mickey McDonald's fucking uh, family, like a Happy Meal event compared to UFC. But they said that like, yeah, one of our judges like, isn't ready yet. Like I was like, what the fuck does that mean? <laughs> <laughs> Wait, that's crazy as fuck. And one of the people got robbed in the first two fights, and I was like, bro, what the. Fuck am I watching? Like I, I tuned out, and it wasn't because I wanted to watch more fights. It was like, I don't want you to make money off of me watching you because this is such Mickey Mouse bullshit that I want y'all to not even have my fucking watch. Like, I, want I want y'all to go out of business at this point because this is some bullshit that I'm watching. And then, yeah. then later, it definitely wasn't on the CBS stream because I was not giving them motherfuckers my money. I was on. I was making sure to fucking. I I'll say it. I illegally streamed it. Personally, fuck them. CBS, fuck Bellator. That was the most Mickey Mouse bullshit I have ever watched. I found a way 
to make sure they ain't get my money. <laughs> sure, fucking lock me up right now. I ain't giving Bella to my money ever again. That was the most bullshit I've ever watched. It had two judges, bro. Two judges. You telling me like half the fights could have ended in a draw? Because I like the judges and shit. I ain't watching that shit no more. I did watch him get KO'd in the first round. I we I mean we said it Bader, like the younger athlete, Bader but but Bellator, like that was literally the definition of why UFC's on top. Like UFC can come out with their slap fight leagues all they want when other promotions is doing shit like this. Other promotions are having two judges on standby because one hasn't been pull up yet. Like, I don't know, right? Like I was I was happy watching my UFC and football. <laughs> Bro, fucking crying. Oh my god. <laughs> y'all can lock me up if y'all want to, but, but I ain't watching that bullshit no more. I like my new my new rankings is like UFC one, Ryzen, PFL, and then Bellator. Like Bellator was in the second for the longest, but Bellator is dead last now when it comes to like top promotion. Yeah. You finna put you finna bet you put Jorge Masvidal shit over over Bellator. I want to know Jorge Masvidal, Roy Jones bullshit versus Anthony Pettis, <laughs> and I'm fucking fuck it. Like Eagle FC's dead, but I still put that over fucking uh, that Bellator bullshit that I was watching last week. <laughs> oh my gosh, that was the funniest shit. Paul, you was terrible. You've been killing me all day. Hey, I tried to watch it, but I tried to give him my th- I tried to give him my dollars. And then they basically were like, bro, like, keep your dollars. They told me to keep my dollars. I said, bet. Like, fuck y'all. Y'all, are, y'all aren't even trying. Why should I even try to give you my dollars? Y'all ain't even giving a fucking attempt at this. Like, nigga said, two judges? The moment, but I swear to God, the moment they said one of our judges isn't here, we're only, I said, like, what the fuck does that mean? That one of your judges ain't here. <laughs> what the fuck? How the fuck is this fight even happening if one of your judges ain't here? Like, what? Who the fuck is this judge? Is it Macho Man Randy Savage? Like, who the fuck is this other judge that they can just pop up when they want to? Like, I was done. Like, I I called it quits, but they weren't getting another second of my paid time. Right, nigga said... Said, we only got the spot till 10.30. We got to make the <laughs> Gotta get this shit going. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Two judges, bro. Two. They, like, literally, every fight could have legitimately ended in a tie at one point. Like, the moment. And then the third judge pops up. Is it that's like, my bad, I'm late? Or is it like, you have some shit you have to answer to? Oh, my gosh. That was but I that's the Bellator fan. Like, Fedor, shout out Fedor. Shout out Chelsea Sonnen, Mark Coleman, Randy Couture, Dan Henderson, Rampage Jackson. Like, literally, that picture is going to be put on some T-shirts. That picture is going to be, uh, like, like Muhammad Ali knocking out Joe Lewis and, like, all like all those George Foreman knockout. Like, all those great pictures that you see, like, that's going to be the, the UFC equivalent. Like, we have literally a picture of all the GOATs. Like, like, no, there's not Anderson Silva, there's not Habib, there's not George St. Pierre. But if you were happen to be there from not like 1995 to 2005, these are literally the goats of the UFC. Like, these are the, the fucking Mount Rushmore of UFC. 
And like shout out, and best part of it all, like Fedor beat all of them. Like so, it's just the like the cherry on top is like they all. Fedor was the daddy of all of them, and all his sons came out to watch the daddy one more time. It's just insane to me because MMA puts such a toll on your body, like the training, the damage, the recovery. It just puts such a toll. So to be doing that at fifty, was he fifty, right? Forty-eight. So yeah, damn near fifty. So fifty. Because I was calling Glover 48. So that nigga fit. So, and he don't got no Glover chin. He came off with two dubs before that fight. Two what? He came off two dubs off oh, that, before that fight. Like he had beat, he had to bust some motherfuckers' asses to get to where he's at. I respect it. It was a championship fight. But I respected him because you gave me the breakdown yesterday that. The UFC was not eating a heavyweight when Fado was doing his thing. So, like, the fact that he stayed out the cage and he kind of – and he beat all these greats solidified him as a fucking legend. But here's my thing, right? I think he's my heavyweight GOAT. But I'm about to do some research because DC says he's top five, but he'll put Stipe and Kane Velazquez over him over. So, Stipe will be the GOAT of heavyweight. Because his resume and everything, and Fedor will probably be, but Kane has the best prime. Kane has a short prime. He only has like two years in his prime. But if you talk about prime versus prime, Kane can be any heavyweight of all time. But he only has two years of his prime. So it's like, imagine John Jones, but he only had two years. And now you're trying to argue if he's the goat of light heavyweight. It's like, no, he doesn't have the resume. No, he doesn't have the people. But when you're talking about who, like, who is skill for skill the best, Kane is the best probably heavyweight of all time. But he only had – he has such a short prime that it's hard to compare him with, like, the Junior Dos Santos and the Fedors and, like, shit like that. So, like, but, yes, I agree with DC when it comes into the fact that, like, Fedor, Kane, and him – and not him, but Stipe are probably the top three heavyweights of all time. Fedor and Stipe have the resume, but when it comes to prime versus prime, who would I take on that certain day in their prime? Kane beats them all. Mm, I respect it. I appreciate you for breaking that. I'm going to do my research, though. I'm going to make my own heavyweight list. See if I can find some motherfucker that fuck. You know Nagano is number one. Junior Dos Santos is definitely up there because he held it down for a little bit. Francis Nagano is definitely one of the newer names put into it because we haven't seen somebody with his uh, like super strength power. Like we haven't been, and now he can wrestle. But like, yeah, like, but like Fedor is like before all these. These are all new names basically in the last five years. Like before all these people, like it was literally like, damn, like UFC doesn't have somebody to even compare to Fedor. That's real. Randy, yes, Randy Couture was the closest, but, like, because that was the, the biggest mythic fight of all time at one point. Like, Pride, Fedor versus UFC, Randy Couture. Who wins? Mm. And I think Fedor wins because, like, Couture had the wrestling, but, like, Fedor's a Sambo specialist. And, like, we've seen what every time a wrestler goes up against a Sambo fighter. I respect it. I'm going to do my research, so I'm going to see who – Who's my goat? I'm probably have a top three. But Fedor is definitely in that talk of goat status. I would say like because like even if we don't say Silva or GSP is a goat, when you refer to them, you will always say the goat. 
And that's mm-hmm. what Fedor has at least allowed his resume and everything has at least allowed him to be in that type of talk. Like when you talk to about him, even if you don't know for sure, you would just be like the goat. Because because that's Fedor. Like Fedor has, has allowed himself to be in that combo. Hell yeah. He beat uh he beat Big Nog and Big Nog his resume alone, Big Nog knocked off all the greats. And he knocked off Big Nog in his prime. He knocked off fucking Nico Krokop before Nico Krokop even had a loss on his resume. He knocked him off. And Nico Nico Krokop was right leg hospital, left leg uh, cemetery. That was literally his motto. And then he knocked off like like Frank Mir. He knocked like there's so many greats that he had ran into that he knocked off along his way of prime. So like that's why I always give Fedor the Mark Coleman. And Mark Coleman is literally known for not being a bitch. Like, mm. we're going to fight. Like, they're, one of the greatest fights you UFC all the time, and it's a pride fight, is him, Mark Coleman's fight, where literally both people had each other in the clinch. Imagine a wrestling clinch, Kev. You have to mm-hmm. one hand on the neck. You're oh, yeah. Straight. You're right here. You're all right. right here. Both people are just punching. The other guy's punching back, and y'all are just going back and forth for about a minute and a half on see whose chin can hold up on these punches. That was Mark Coleman versus. That's one of the greatest fights ever in UFC MMA history. Is Mark Coleman versus somebody like and Mark Coleman won that fight because he, like I said, these are the goats. Like Mark Coleman, like, oh, you're gonna punch me? I'm gonna punch you too. So like, imagine 90 seconds of him versus somebody in a clinch, and they're those both taking jaw shots. This fucking punches, punch, punch, and see who who can stand more punches. So like that's what I'm saying. Like Fedor's resume is like ridiculous when it comes to like heavyweight. Oh uh, yeah, I respect it to the fullest. Stay tuned because we're gonna break down what is it UFC 284 on the next episode with Islam versus Volkanovski, and uh, we also have the Super Bowl coming up this weekend. Uh, that episode probably came out today as well. So if you're just tuning in, being our MMA fans, tune into the NFL episodes. But this has been Totally Blitz Podcast, breaking down UFC Vegas 80s or 68 or 81 to 2. I'm drunk as shit right now, but Derek Lewis versus Sergey Spivak. We had the Asian Pacific folk staying tuned. Shout out to everyone that was on the live stream. Shout out to everybody in the live UFC chat. Shout out to everyone in the live MMA community on Twitter. This has been Paul Pick a Win of Contra the Controversy. The Sports Encyclopedia, The Drunk Gambler, and I, as always, am um, co-signed with Kev Waterboy Savoy, the Street Fight Enthusiast. And if y'all didn't know, well, now y'all know, motherfucker. Measurements, plug here, let them in, passing out the medicines. We've been on that rock star regiment, knowing that I'm heaven sent, higher than I ever been. Got a problem with being problematic Get the light beam on me, ready for electrostatic Don't you step into this box if you're not batting Then my gang got tools, you can call them boy crap Man, this gang got rules, man, you better watch your passes This ain't not new, it ain't season maxing All I'm saying is true, you better stop your capping Lacking really your ass all in the passing